Welcome to a special edition of the Darden Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. So this episode is our first ever podcast episode all about Darden's part-time MBA format. As you may be aware, in August, we welcomed the inaugural class of part-time MBA students, 68 students in the part-time MBA class of 2025, to grounds, and these students are now two-quarters into the program. With that in mind, we thought it would be a great opportunity to catch up with a couple of students from the part-time MBA class of 2025. And we recently connected with co-presidents of the Part-Time MBA Student Association, Parker LaPere and Max Godwin, to talk about their MBA journeys, what led them to Darden, their first couple quarters in the Part-Time MBA program, and so much more. I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Parker LaPere and Max Godwin, two students in our Part-Time MBA class of 2025. Parker, Max, welcome to the podcast. So excited to be here. Been looking forward to it for so long. Yeah, it's great having you both here. Um, this is a historic moment. Let's just take a, it's not every day that we get to acknowledge a bit of history uh, in the life of our Darden Admissions podcast, but this is our first ever student, part-time student podcast. So part-time MBA student podcast coming directly to you. A bit of history, Parker. Max, congratulations. Thanks. Hopefully not the last. <laughs> oh, definitely not the last. Uh, this is um, this is just the beginning. Uh, I'm very excited about this. So Parker, how's everything going? How are you doing? Uh, doing great. Never better. Um, we're in the middle of finals week right now, um, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, so I've taken one, one left to go. Um, which I'll probably be taking tomorrow. So other than that little stressor, everything is great. I appreciate the fact that both of you have found time for the podcast here in the midst of finals week. Y'all are taking two finals. I'll take two classes typically at a time, strategy and finance. I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, and if our listeners are starting to pick this up, there's a 10-day exam period, but students kind of figure out when they want to take their exams and make uh, they make their choice in terms of exactly when during that 10-day exam period. So um, good luck on the on the second exam, Parker. Max, how how is everything going uh, for you? Pretty much in the same boat as Parker, except I uh, flew down to Florida near Fort Myers to take my exams and spend some time with the family before the holidays. So I'm enjoying the uh, 10-day exam period, not having class and getting to do my exams with a with a view. I'd say so. All right. Well, thank you both. Um, busy week for y'all. Um, and it's been an action-packed uh, few months. Y'all are, everybody asks me, so w where are the students in the program now? And I always say, well, they're about a couple quarters in. Uh, they, they're they just wrapping up quarter two, looking ahead uh, to quarter three, and felt like this was a good time to check in with the, with the two of y'all. So um, before we start talking about your experience in the program and uh, maybe some of your engagement with the, with the the part-time MBA Student Association. I'd like to talk a little bit more about your respective backgrounds and how you ended up here at Darden. Um, so Max, I'd like to come to you first. Tell us a little bit more about who you are, um, what you're currently doing, your background. Uh, for those listening, my name is Maxwell Godwin. I am currently a Darden student, thank you, Brett. And I started at the University of Maryland where I did a BS in economics and I also was on their varsity baseball team. Uh, coming out of the University of Maryland, I made my way into the financial investment industry, did my Series 7, Series 66, and uh, realized that wasn't really doing it for me and ended up pivoting to the Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab, where 
Right now, I'm a financial manager in their air and missile defense sector, where I manage about $30 million in directed energy and advanced concepts. So I'm doing that for my day job and doing the part-time MBA at night. Had you always thought about an MBA? Was that always part of the plan for you? Yeah, that was always part of the plan, and that's actually why I ended up at uh, Johns Hopkins. I found that they had a very lucrative benefits package where they'll pay for like 85, 95% of your MBA. Um, so that's how I settled there, and um, they don't make you owe any time, so it's really a great place to be, get to learn a lot of really good skills there, and then um, get to apply what I'm learning in my MBA in real time at Johns Hopkins. So I'm loving it. All right, Parker, tell us tell us who you are. Uh, what's your background? And we'll also talk a little bit about how you decided to pursue an MBA. Yeah, of course. So, um, hey, everyone, my name is Parker. Uh, I was born and raised in New Orleans, which was a fantastic place to grow up. Um, had a huge influence on me, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, we were actually talking about this in the kitchen today, me and a bunch of my colleagues about, you know, why they chose to go to the college that they went to. Um, and everyone applied to like 15 different schools. And I applied to one school, which was LSU. On, and the entire basis of that decision was because I'm an LSU football fan. That was the only thought that went through my mind. Um, and so ended up at LSU, had a fantastic time there, um, got a degree in economics, and then uh, realized uh, pretty close to the end of that, that I wanted to pursue finance. Um, Growing up in New Orleans, it's mainly oil and gas, hospitality, not a lot of finance. Um, so I didn't really know what the financial industry was um, until really towards the end of my time in undergrad. And so I decided to go right back and get a master's degree in finance after that um, and learned a lot. Uh, ended up starting my career with JP Morgan in the private bank, um, where uh, we worked with some incredible um, families and family offices, just really inspiring um, families that had really built something from the ground up in a lot of cases and sold their business. And so um, as time went on, I realized that I kind of wanted to be more around the big transaction in someone's life. Um, and so I pivoted to investment banking and M&A in particular um, at a company called Legacy Capital down in New Orleans. Um, and while there, I also met my fiance. Um, Brooke, who was studying law school um, at Tulane at the time. And so when she graduated, she's from Maryland, um, like Max. And so uh, she got a job up here with a law firm, funny enough, doing M&A law. And so that brought me up to DC, which is where I am now working for ClearSight um, Advisors, which is kind of a tech focused, um, tech and I'd say professional services focused um, Southside M&A shop out in Tyson's. Is an MBA something you had always thought about? Always. Um, always. And in fact, it always soft circle Darden as the one that I wanted to go to uh, for a number of reasons. But um, it just kind of passed me by in my career. I'm probably on the older side for our class. So I'm about to turn 32. Um, and by the time you know I was up here, I had kind of figured that it was, you know, that time I just kind of slipped by to do one until I realized that Darden, my preferred school was offering a part-time program, which is kind of like a, had to do a double take and make sure I was seeing things right. So it was kind of like everything fell into place perfectly for me. So yeah, I had always wanted to do one and very happy that I ended up here. And yeah, for our listeners, uh, 
learning a little bit more about the part-time program through this conversation. Uh, the first cohort of students, the part-time MBA class of 2025, uh, matriculated 68 students uh, back in August of 2022. And the work experience profile for those students really kind of two to around 13 years on the sort of upper end. Um, the average year's work experience, right around five and a half. What, what we tell folks and sort of thinking about the part-time MBA students is that from age and career stage, they look a lot like our full-time MBA students uh, down in Charlottesville in the, in the residential program. So uh, thank you, Parker. Max, did you always know that you wanted to do a, a part-time program? Was that something um, you always knew that you wanted to work while pursuing your degree? That's something that I really wrestled with for a while. And um, I always knew I wanted to do an MBA, like I said. And when I found out that UVA was going to have the opportunity to do a part-time program, very much like Parker, I was like, oh, I need to jump on this. And um, as I was evaluating whether to do it or not, I had a lot of conversations with mentors who said to me, you know, part-time, full-time, you get the internship with full-time MBA, but part-time, you get to apply everything in your real workplace. So for me, when I was working at Johns Hopkins, I said, wow, this really looks like it's the perfect fit uh, to make it happen. Um, and that's kind of how I ended up doing the part-time program. Just made the most sense. Parker, you had mentioned that Darden had been a school that had been on your radar, you were really interested in. I'm, I'm thinking about the conversation uh, that we had on the student uh, panel webinar that we did not so long ago. And I think it's maybe an Instagram ad that that it hit your yeah. radar that, that Darden was uh, here in the D.C. area with a part-time program. But what what really resonated with you about about Darden? Oh, man, um, I am someone who likes to be a part of a smaller kind of institution. Um, and so I love the community aspect that Darden brings, um, which, you know, people talk about a lot. But until you're really a part of it, you don't understand how strong these bonds really are, not just with the class that you're in, but across the entire Darden ecosystem, I guess I'll call it. Um, that the case method was massive for me as well. I learned best by um, debating and kind of exercising those those muscles and, um, and, and thinking about real world situations and applying things that way that I've learned. And so case method was huge. And then, you know, finally the, the faculty um, is world renowned for a reason. And I can tell you that uh, they live up to the hype, which is hard to do when they're hyped up that much. Um, but for all those reasons, Darden was really the one that I had always set my mind to. And so, yeah, I was scrolling through Instagram. Uh, it happened to be like right before one of the last dates that you could apply. Um, and within, you know, a couple of weeks, I was well on my way to interviewing and, and then eventually getting in. So Max, what resonated with you uh, about Darden as you were as you were looking at the program? What what appealed? I think best to learn on personal experiences and people you talk to. One of my really close friends, Gary Razon, was finishing up his executive MBA and he graduated this past spring. Um, the one thing that really hit me that he said was, "They're in a class is uh, I think you know crisis in action or something like that." And one of the cases that they had was. Um, a CEO was in the United States and their office in Afghanistan was raided by the Taliban. And they were unpacking this case and trying to figure out what to do if you're a leader in that situation. And when Gary was telling me about that in the conversation they had in class, I was like, wow, this sounds incredible. Like, I want to learn what happened. I want to learn 
how these people react in the situations. And um, that's really the beauty of the case method is it's not just a PowerPoint lecture or just giving you slides all day. It's really learning from your peers. And I know like in our class, um, all of us have learned a lot from Parker with his experience at uh, M&A and, you know, uh, Chase. So it's been really great to see the different ways people approach problems. Um, that was something that kind of hit me in the face. And I was like, I really want to be in this environment. So that's how that happened. Parker, how do you describe uh, your class and classmates uh, to people who ask you about the program? What, what do you say that when they say, tell me about the people you go to school with? Way smarter than me um, is usually how I started off. <laughs> um, yeah, but also just very, very good people. Um, anyone in our class can attest to how quickly we came together. Um, and for the, for the listeners out there, there's something called R1 or Residency 1. It's at the very forefront of our program, and it's by design. It's for us all to be in Charlottesville for a week. Um, it's not just us. It's the executive MBA program, the residential MBA program as well. But in um, you know during R1, there were a couple of moments where people opened up and really shared, you know, intimate details of their lives and trusted everyone in class to, um, you know, treat those with the seriousness and, and, and with the empathy that, that it deserved. And everyone stepped up, like everyone truly appreciated the level of of authenticity that occurred and in return gave it right back. And so our class as a result is super, super tight. Um, so, you know, that aspect combined with the fact that the discussions are incredibly fascinating uh, because of the, I mean, we literally have someone in our class that was working on the limits of like human potential and the genome level um, with the Navy SEALs, like incredibly smart uh, people in our class. So uh, very lucky to be a part of it. Max, how do you describe uh, your class and classmates to people who ask about the part-time program? Parker, I feel like everybody is also a lot smarter than I am. Um, I, I'm super thankful, and that's exactly where I go to R1, um, just how authentic everybody is. And I think it's all credit to you, Brett, and you know, the people that you've helped bring into this program. I feel like there's so much curation that goes into it. You've really put together such a great group of people, and it enables all of us to kind of thrive in that environment and be honest with each other and you know, even have some disagreements in class where, you know, some people might not see eye to eye, but at the end of the day, like we're all friends and it all works out. So yeah, I love everybody. I think I've probably had conversations with 99% of the people in our class and I haven't met a single person that I've gotten a bad vibe from. So I think all credit on that goes to you. Well, I'll, I'll give the credit to our admissions committee. And I also think, I mean, the way that we work on the class, we start having virtual meetups and a chance for students to meet each other as they go through uh, the process once they've been admitted, start looking around who else is in the room. And I think there's this kind of self-selection thing that happens too, right? You meet the people and say, gosh, I want to learn with these people. I would like, I'd like to be in this class. They seem like interesting people. And what we stressed with folks, and I, I think... I've heard this both from, from you in this conversation and elsewhere, that we don't want this to be a transactional 
experience uh, for students. We won't want this to be like, oh, I just came here to get an MBA. Uh, we'd like it for it to be for it to be something deeper uh, than that, something more meaningful, something that has community to it and and relationships and all of these things that matter a lot here at Jarden. Um, and so I, I think it's kind of a, a natural place to talk a little bit about the organization, uh, student organization you're both involved with, uh, the Part-Time MBA Student Association, the PSA. Uh, Parker, did I get that right? You did. Yeah, recently you rebranded. <laughs> All right. Well, tell tell us a little bit more about what the PSA is and, and what you do. Sure. So um, the PSA is a group of us. It's 10 of us um, out of our class that have gotten together and volunteered really to um, be leaders and to um, try and set up the uh, infrastructure to make sure that our class in this program is successful long-term in a number of different areas. Um, and so whether that's uh, something as important as career, right? And having a subcommittee um, that's developed specifically to help us with our career outcomes, or um, you know, something like a social subcommittee to make sure that we are taking advantage of the time we have together. Um, you know, there's a bunch of different things that we are trying to do to make sure that um, this program is everything that it can be um, for each one of us in the class. Yeah, I really enjoyed the presentation you made the other night, uh, uh, maybe a couple Mondays uh, ago, where you were talking with your classmates about the goals uh, for the PSA or, or just the work that you're doing generally. Um, I think one of them was worth it. Um, another one was, you know, part-time MBA schedule, maybe a bit more of a full-time Part-time program, full-time experience. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about this. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. You know them yeah. a lot better. Yeah. So, um, and Max, feel free to jump in at any point too. Uh, but we, uh, the first thing that we did as a committee is we got into a room and we said, we want to come up with some type of mission statement. Um, I mean, we are getting an MBA, yet, you know, so we need to come up with a mission statement. It's kind of like the first thing you do, right? But um, co go into a room, come up with a mission statement, something that's a touchstone for us. And, and coming up with that, a lot of different, what I'll call pillars started to emerge. Um, things that we wanted to make sure we got out of the program at the end of the day. And so the first one was worth it. Um, it's gotta be worth it. Everyone is coming to this program with, um, a goal in mind, whether that's to pivot a career, to get promoted, um, to gain a new a new network, learn a skill, maybe just make new friends. Whatever that is, at the end of the day, it's got to be worth it. Secondly, um, it was part-time program, full-time experience. Uh, we are incredibly fortunate that we are all local, right? And that's actually kind of rare in the part-time world. Um, to for everyone to be local and not fly in on the weekends and um, you know do it on the weekends or uh, even it all be remote in some cases. So we're all here locally and there's no reason we're here together for almost three years. So that experience that a residential program has with the parties and the traditions and all of that, we're layering that into the part-time program here as well because it's that important to us that we get um, that full-time experience at the end of the day. And then lastly, it's to set up and give back. Um, I think a lot of my classmates are like me when I say that the fact that we are the first cohort was a major plus to this program um, for us, not a negative. 
because we want to be the ones to set this thing up um, and make sure that it's headed in the direction that we all know that it should be going in. Um, and then also to give back. So when it's our time to recruit part-time students um, or when it's our time to evangelize the benefits of the Darden part-time program within our own organizations, that's really important to us. And we wanna be able to do it and let people know um, how amazing of an experience and of a learning um, environment this is. So Max, how do you think about the work that the, the PSA is doing? Um, how, how would you describe it? Super proud to be a part of it and very excited for it all. Um, I want to add one thing on to what Parker said, and that is our mission statement. This is you know what we're working on for the next class of part-time students, and that is the Part-Time Student Association empowers our classmates to have transformational learning and life experiences by inspiring lasting traditions, advocating for opportunity, and delivering meaningful connections across the Darby community. And we really struggled over every word there. We wanted to make it meaningful. We want to weigh all of our decisions that we make in the PSA against that mission statement to really try and make the program the best that it can be. And the one thing that I do love about Darden and the UVA um, style leadership is the program team is super responsive to us. Um, if we have questions, if we want to do something as a part-time student association, they say, how can we help? And they really empower us to make this experience what we want it. And that even goes into academics. Uh, we're doing some meetings here in the next couple of months to decide, hey, what elective offerings do we want as a cohort going forward? So it's super awesome to be a part of this team. And I'm just happy to try and help make the program the best that it can be. So Max, part-time students have a lot on their plate. Uh, you've got work, life, school and you decided to get involved um, with the part-time MBA Student Association. How did you make that decision? Why was that important to you? Everybody that I met during R1 in the first couple months of the program, um, I, I feel like I had a lot of great conversations with people and this is my only opportunity to get an MBA. So. I wanted to make the most of it. And I felt like I was in a pretty unique position where uh, people were coming to me with some of the ideas that they had, some of the thoughts and feedback about the program. And I kind of naturally became a, you know, intermediary between the program team and some of our peers. And um, when they announced the, you know, part-time student association was forming, um, I was really nervous to put myself out there. And um, I was, surprised that I have received as much support as I did. So I'm just really thankful to be a part of the program and I just want to work really hard to make it the best that it can be for everybody. Parker, same question uh, for you. A lot of things competing for your time and yet you decided to get involved. Uh, how did you make that decision? Yeah, I struggled with this one a lot. Um, went back and forth, had a lot of conversation with Brooke only because my job I'm sure there are people in finance that are listening to this and yeah, like it's tough working in M&A and getting an MBA at the same time, lots of long hours in general. Um, and so adding something on top of that was uh, quite a daunting um, idea. And so what really came down to it at the end of the day was why am I getting this MBA? And part of the reason is to work on my leadership 
Um, and so if that was a reason why I was getting an MBA, then I got to go for it at the end of the day. And so that's what kind of pushed it over the edge for me. Well, I appreciate it. So should. much fun. <laughs> what? I agree with that last sentence a lot about, you know, if you have the opportunity to work on your leadership, it's yeah, I resonate with that a lot. Well, let's talk a little bit about how things are going um, so far. This is probably the the number one question uh, that I've gotten from prospective students too, as we talk with them on phone calls, coffee chats, webinars. Everybody wants to know, how's everything going uh, so far with a part-time program? Um, Parker, how would you describe it? Your quarter, your two quarters in, things going pretty well? Yeah, um, it feels like the part-time program has been a part of the University of Virginia and Darden um, for the last 20 years, honestly. It is uh, going off without a hitch. Everything is very smooth. Um, and I'd say, um, you know, the professors and what we're learning, I had very high expectations going into it and they've been exceeded. Max, two quarters in, how are you feeling? Had part-time program going, going well so far for you and your classmates? I'm loving every minute of it. I think the best part about it was I saw accounting one as one of the first classes that we were taking. And I was like, oh, my God, accounting. I had such a terrible undergraduate experience in accounting one, like probably a lot of people do. And then uh, Professor Haskins found a way to make accounting interesting. And I was actually excited to go to every one of those classes. So that alone, I, I never thought I'd get jazzed up about going to an accounting lecture or I guess a case to me. But it finally happened. And that was that Jordan. So the professors are incredible. Um, it's been a great experience. Yeah, quarter one, accounting and leading organizations. We talked about quarter two, where you are now, strategy and, and finance. Quarter three, looking ahead, uh, what are your two classes? Doozies. We got accounting two, and we have decision analysis. So it's like doubling up on the quant courses, which... I was kind of enjoying having one quant and one not so quanty one. And y'all were like, okay, that's enough of that. Time to get serious in Q3, all quant. Buckle up. <laughs> Sounds like a great quarter. Y'all, it's going to go wait, great. Brett. It's yeah. going to go great. Well, um, what's been the biggest adjustment, Max, for you? Um, you know, as you've kind of eased, eased in, gotten used to, I don't know what the right, right word is here, um, all right, work, life, and school all commingled here. Um, what's been the biggest adjustment for you? I've had a few conversations with people about this, and it really all goes back to time management. Um, anybody that has worked a job and tried to do school at the same time, it's a different beast. Um, it kind of reminds me a lot of my undergraduate days playing baseball and doing uh, school at the same time. There's a lot to manage, a lot to balance. And you really get into a flow after a couple of weeks. You find what works for you and you really need to, you know, make some sacrifices. You might not have, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just to sit on the couch and watch Netflix at night. You know, you might need to prep cases and, you know, you know what you're getting into when you're doing a part-time program. So I don't think it's been uh, too bad, but I think I definitely miss having time to cook some evenings. Um, I think I have a really big passion for cooking, so just probably that. And then um, really just making sure that I regiment my time a lot more 
carefully, especially with some of the extracurricular activities I've taken on. So to be a bit more intentional in how you're using uh, your time, having to make some tough choices, perhaps um, re regarding activities. Parker, um, what's been um, the adjustment like for you here, part-time student navigating work life and school all at the same time? It's similar. Um, I think maybe you have mentioned this in prior podcasts, Brett, but uh, there's usually three competing priorities, right? You have your work, you have your school, and now you, and you have your life. And you can't do all three at once. And anyone who's tried to do all three at once, you may get away with it for you know a little bit, not long, but you can't give 100% to either. And so you need to choose. And um, there have been times where I've had to say, hey, like I haven't spent enough time at home with my fiance. And so I need to um, not study as much for this case as I normally would and go cook dinner with her. Um, or, hey, th this work assignment is really um, important and I know I need to study for this. Brooke, I'm sorry, I'm not coming home until you know 1 a.m. type of thing. Um, and so that's just kind of the reality of the situation and you know what you're signing up for. Um, so the adjustment period is certainly there, but I'd say now um, um, I'm good. I kind of have a good system down. So um, what is your system? I'm always fascinated to hear this because like we've, we've talked with exec students about actually how they build out their calendar and sort of think about this. What is what's worked for you in terms of your system? How do you manage your time? Are you okay to go there here? In yeah, this of course. Um, it's, I mean, my learning team is amazing. I cannot give them enough credit. Um, but we have specific time on Sundays. Um, we have an hour on Sundays and an hour on Wednesday nights. Uh, and that's really my time. And I, I kind of dedicate two hours before that on Sunday and two hours before that meeting on Wednesday, um, whether that's at lunch or whatever it is, or, you know, before the workday on Wednesdays to get prepared for those. And that's kind of my main studying time and case prep time. Other than that, I kind of, you know, oscillate between, you know, work responsibilities and, and being home. So it, I've kind of tried to make sure that my school life is as planned out as possible when it comes to the prep side of it, because that's what's kind of the thing that can throw you off is the prep, the class time you're in there, you know what time you're going to be there. You can, you know, but the prep time, you don't really know. Um, and so that has been key to me kind of getting things under control. Yeah, it makes sense with your classes being on Monday and Thursday nights, yeah. uh, 6 to 930, that you'd have those meetings that prep lined up around, well, Sunday and, and Wednesday. Max, um, do you want to share a little bit more about, have you hit on a schedule yet? You mentioned being a little bit more regimented, or have you tried some things that you found have worked well for you? Yeah, I, I definitely have. And just quickly, I'll touch on a couple of things. And no matter where you are, I think this could be helpful. Um, I really try and regiment my time when things are really busy at work and school into almost like one to three hour blocks. And, um, you know, if I'm at work and I have a proposal going on, I'll say, okay, hey, I have these two hours to work on this proposal. Then I'll switch emails for a half hour. And then while I have all of that going on, I also have a list with uh, my to-do list. And I'm trying to all, all the time prioritize the to-do list and try and just chip away at it. Um, I think that's been the biggest thing to help me. So, you know, when you have meetings thrown in, it kind of gets to shift some of those, uh, you know, competing time blocks away. But it's something that I've found that really works for me and that's the routine that I've gotten in. So um, 
you know, I'm planning everything down from uh, almost like Parker, like, you know, once a week I have a meeting with my fiance to work on wedding planning for an hour or two. So that's kind of what that looks like for us. Yeah, we're both planning weddings on top of this as well right now. (laughs) So you got to make sure that that's in the calendar too, right? It's you plan for it. And I appreciate that last point, Max, because what we hear from students, um, and I will say a lot of what you shared here resonates with me because in a prior life, I worked a lot with law students on time management skills and thinking about, so law school is tough in that there's a lot of work to do, but you're not really graded on it till the end. So you have to be preparing consistently um, throughout the semester and creating that feedback loop for yourself. And so it can be real tricky. You can feel like you have a lot of downtime until you don't. And so how do you stay, how do you stay engaged? How do you keep it manageable? And a lot of the sort of first principles is put in your non-negotiables, like the things that you absolutely know you have to do, you can't miss. And you know that's gonna be class commitments, a really important personal commitment, for example, planning your wedding, um, putting some time aside and sort of build around those things. So you can start to see where you have maybe some open space in your schedule. And then really getting honest with yourself about how much time you need to do something. There's this idea in time management that a task will conform to the amount of time you give it. Um, so if you say, I've got four hours for reading, a lot of times what people find out is they can't conceive of doing the reading in less than four hours. But when you start putting a little bit more limits on it and you say, well, um, maybe let's try to see where I can get in an hour or two, all of a sudden you just have to work a little bit more efficiently because you got to move on to the next thing, uh, to Max's point. Um, so I appreciate so much of, of what you share. And uh, Parker, something else you'd like to add? Yeah, i just say, I think you brought up a good point, but we also, you can't do this alone. No one in this situation can do it alone. I certainly could not do it without my fiance. I mean, she is like everything when it comes to this. Um, so understanding uh, when it comes to my time commitments uh, and then couldn't do it without my learning team or the people in our class either. So it definitely takes a village to do something like this. Uh, but I can promise anyone who's listening that the people in your class are all are going to be there for you to help you through this. Um, oftentimes, I think a lot of people will read a case and you come away from it and you're saying, I have no idea where to even start. And you get to your learning team and someone has a background in it for some random reason and they can explain it to, to you or someone in class has the same thing um, and explains it to you in class. So um, everyone is there to help make sure that you understand things at the end of the day and you should never feel overwhelmed that you aren't getting a concept immediately and it might be taking too long. Max, any additional thoughts? I think you hit it right on the head. It really is a great community and everybody helps each other. That's what I love about it. Yeah, it's hard to, most people when they think about school, at least this has been my experience, they think about it as more of a solitary endeavor, right? You reading, you studying, you taking a test, a lot of individual effort there. Um, and then you come to Darden and you find that it's intended to be a collective effort, not just uh, not just you working by yourself, but worth working with a learning team and tapping into other resources in your broader class um, and all the people who have subject matter expertise and knowledge to share. It is, it is 100% collaborative. And it's a bit of a leap for people to realize, oh, wait, I can't do all this by myself, but I'm going to have to ask for help. Uh, that's the that's a growth opportunity for people to to accept, to ask for and accept help, because it may be some 
sometimes for folks a new thing, um, particularly in school or um, in their lives. They haven't had to do too much of that, uh, but you'll have an opportunity to practice uh, in the program, that's for sure. So um, Max, do you have a favorite memory uh, from the program thus far, something that stands out to you? Um, my favorite memory is actually really recent. Um, last weekend, I was fortunate to be part of the venture capital boot camp that the uh, Batten Institute in Darden puts together. And there were about, I want to say, 30 people that attended from both all programs, the full-time executive MBA and part-time program. And they brought in a bunch of speakers that work in the venture capital space. And there was also a competition where um, a startup pitched their uh, Series A funding round to the MBA students just to get some practice for them. Um, and also, I think, a little bit of FaceTime with the uh, Darden or University of Virginia Seed Fund as well. So it was an incredible experience to um, you know, be with all of the Darden students, the one Darden that you hear so much about, and um, kind of learn from some other people. Um, a great group there. Um, what else can I say? It was just such an awesome experience. I think the one thing that stood out the most was uh, one of the speakers, Sean, came in from San Francisco, flew all the way into DC, on a Thursday just to talk to us for two hours. He was a Darden alum, Darden grad, and then flew back to San Francisco on Friday um, after talking to that VC bootcamp for two hours. So that's the kind of class of people that you have with Darden. And it was super memorable. Parker, a favorite memory of yours? It's kind of corny, but probably R1. <laughs> I mean, R1 was kind of a special time. I think when we all look back on it, um, it really set the stage for where we are now and where we're going. Um, made a lot of good friends really quickly. <laughs> I, I, we accept corny answers. I don't think that's corny, by the way. I, I think for a lot of people, I, I mentioned this on the student panel, I'll mention it here. We got a lot of questions. A week in Charlottesville, is that necessary? Does it, we really have to go down there? And, and then just to see how quickly... Uh, your class came together, how much uh, th that happened because you were all kind of in a new place together as a group. I mean, some folks have been to UVA, certainly, but Darden and kind of getting up outside of your everyday environment and uh, being down there together, living, learning in the same in the same area. Uh, I, I think it, it's a huge part of, of the sort of beginning to cement these relationships and form these relationships. Um, so I, I was so excited to see that y'all were also excited about the experience you were having uh, in that first week. Um, Parker, when you think about the the impact of the program, I know it's early days. Anything stand out to you about who you were before you did the program to where you are now, just wrapping up quarter two? Um, I mean, from a leadership standpoint, I think I've, uh, I'm kind of in early innings of of that. Um, and so I think that's been helpful being part of the PSA um, in terms of, you know, working on that skill set. Um, but uh, I mean, it's been nothing but but growth in terms of I mean, even concepts like I've been I have a master's in finance and I just took a finance course and I learned things in it. Um, so like you're going to learn things regardless, um, even if you already know the subject matter and. Um, so the growth that comes from even just class time um, is noticeable. How about for you, Max? Um, anything that you would point to as the impact uh, of the part-time program thus far? I feel like I've matured a lot in the past uh, five months, just 
um, meeting a lot of really great people has, I feel like rubbed off on me in a good way. Just um, hang out with a lot of people that are all highly motivated, that are all trying to figure out um, their lives and what careers they're going to go into. It really helps kind of push you. And it's awesome to be in an environment with like-minded individuals. Um, yeah, I think it's really unique to have the opportunity to, um, you know, go get dinner with some of these people that, you know, you might never have gotten a chance to meet and, you know, find common bonds. Well, Max, what are you looking forward to in the, in the months ahead? We talked about Q3, yes, accounting to decision analysis, that's in your future, but what else are y'all excited about? What are you looking forward to? I'm, I'm most excited for some of the opportunities with the Batten Institute, which is the innovation entrepreneurship arm of uh, Darden. And they have a lot of really great opportunities to get involved, work on, you know, some startup ideas, um, different opportunities for funding and, you know, just kind of fanning that entrepreneurial flame. That's something that I would love to explore while at the University of Virginia. So um, if there's one thing that I'm looking forward to, it's to continue to learn from that community and uh, try and work on finding an idea. All right, and I think Jason Brewster of the Baden Institute came up and spoke with uh, your classmates um, a few weeks ago. I, I remember seeing him around Sands Family Grounds on a on an evening. Yeah, I've uh, had a few conversations with Jason now. He's talked to some of the part-timers now. Um, he was the one that recommended that we all try and sign up for that VC boot camp, and we had a group of uh, five part-time students that attended. Um, yeah, so they've been really awesome in the resources that they have. And it's really cool that everything that the full-time executive MBA program students have access to, the part-time students do as well. Um, and just to go a little bit deeper, um, when we were at that VC boot camp and I got to interact with the executive MBA students, the full-time students, um, I was talking to some of the full-time people about you know their curriculum and what they're studying. And the part-time classes in our curriculum is so similar to what they're doing um, in their structure. So it really goes back to that, uh, you know, part-time schedule, but full-time experience we were talking about earlier, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, that, I appreciate your sharing that. We've actually gotten a lot of questions about access to the Baden Institute and support uh, for entrepreneurship from prospective part-time students, which you never know what people are going to ask about, but I appreciate your, your touching on that. And I knew the VC boot camp was coming up, so it's 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 already passed me by. But um, that's always a great event up here in the DC area. That's been uh, one that's been on the calendar for the past few years, and we've always had uh, professional degree students in attendance, executive MBA, and obviously great to hear about a, a contingent of part-time students this this year. Uh, Parker, what are you looking forward to? I'm excited to see what traditions we start. You know, we either keep up or or develop um in the next quarter or two is when i think they're really going to start to to form so like we already have one called finals fridays where uh, we all have a party so basically you have class monday and thursday and then that friday is when the exam period starts and you have until the next the next sunday to complete your your finals um, and so that friday the day after your last class we all throw a party so the first one was um uh, at a karaoke bar i can't remember it max help me out here roll walk and roll. how could i forget yeah exactly um and then the last one that we had um was a christmas party because it's december um so we had a christmas party we rented it out 
Um, we rented out a restaurant, I think American Prime and Tyson's and had our class Christmas party for it um, and had a great time. And so uh, seeing what other traditions think we're going to have a race day coming up, we're all going to Charlottesville. We have a ski trip that's in the works. So um, excited to see what kind of um, grabs hold and forms for the classes that come after us. Yeah, one of the things that's intriguing to me about the part-time program, so um, y'all will be together as a section for roughly a year and a half, like 18 months, nine, nine quarters. Um, in our executive MBA program, uh, students, as they go through the, the core curriculum, they're in sections, but we shuffle the sections um, essentially every semester because we, we want to give students an opportunity to meet uh, other students in that same class. But because y'all will be together as a section, um, for folks who've been listening to the Experience Garden uh, podcast, you know that the full-time MBA sections down in Charlottesville, they have mascots and cheers some colors and all this kind of stuff. You're right about this tradition point because y'all will be together for, you know, 18 months. There's an opportunity for some of this uh, development. Yeah, and I think for anyone out there who's oscillating between a full-time or a part-time, right? Um, the part-time experience uh, is, is, at least at Darden, uh, just as fulfilling as a potential to be just as fulfilling and kind of all encompassing as, as the residential program, because we're all local and we're all together um, for even longer than we are in the residential program um, or the executive program. And so the opportunity to form these strong bonds and these net and the network that you want to have the social life that comes with being in an MBA program, that's all there with a part-time program at Darden. Um, which I think is just a great selling point for us. All right. We asked, asked always this the last, the same last question here. Um, so what's a piece of advice, Max, that you would share with our prospective student listeners? We might have some, uh, I have a hunch that we have some folks who are considering the part-time MBA uh, listening to this program. What would you, uh, what would you share with them? Piece of advice. Say to really know your story and to trust yourself and your application, feel confident in it, and um, it will all work out in the end. And just try and keep going over that elevator pitch, who you are, why you want to go to Darden as much as you can. And um, I feel like everything will work itself out for you. I appreciate that point around narrative. It's certainly something that we really stress when folks are beginning to approach the application process. We always remind folks that this is a storytelling exercise. It's not just filling out an application like a job application. It's help the admissions committee get to know who you are personally, academically, uh, professionally. So storytelling is, is something that, that should absolutely be top of mind. Um, Parker, uh, mm -hmm. word of advice here for our, for our listeners. Yeah, um, I would say jump. It's a, it's a fantastic experience. I think the best part-time program in the country, um, bar none, in my opinion. Um, and it's one that you won't regret. Well, I want to thank you both. I know it's a busy week. You got finals, everything going on. Um, you got the holiday period um, upon us, but so appreciate your taking time out uh, of your busy days to join us here on the podcast. It's been wonderful to have you here uh, for this uh, historic podcast, our first ever podcast featuring students from the part-time MBA program. Parker, Max, thank you so much. Thank you, Brett. And that was my interview with Parker LaPere and Max Godwin, two students in our part-time MBA class of 2025 and co-presidents of the Part-Time MBA Student Association. 
As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. You can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.